in case uh, in case you couldn't make it on Sunday to our, our gender reveal, yes, it is, or she is a girl. Her name is Josie, which is a combination of Joey and Cease. Josie is her name, and uh, we are so grateful for little Josie, and uh, uh, we'll talk more about that later on. But again, thank you so much to everybody who was able to come out. And uh, those who couldn't, no problem, don't worry about it. We felt your love, and uh, there's plenty of opportunity. Because when Josie comes, she will be all up in this room. And so just, you know, minimum cheek kissing. I don't want Josie to have nasty cheek rashes because y'all lips. But um, I'm just, we're, we're hyped. We're excited about all that. And uh, speaking of birthdays, because her birthday is December 16th, I was looking at uh, Facebook the other day, and I had 17 of your friends have birthdays today. 19, I'm like, dang, everybody was born in August. So I started doing the math. December's a cold month, y'all. December was a cold month. And so your parents had Christmas time, and everybody was born in August. And so here's what we're going to do. Because there were so many, how many of you in this room right now have a birthday in August or just past July? Raise your hand. Summer babies. Okay, so here's what we're going to do. Because there's so many, and because one of them is our admin, Haley, she's like, hey, P. Joy, this would be a good idea. And I was like, sure. And so we bought cupcakes for everybody here tonight to celebrate everybody's birthday. So, yes. So after service, we're going to hand out cupcakes outside in the foyer. And so enjoy your cupcake. All I ask is you throw your trash out and try not to make a big mess of the hallway. Sounds good? All right, so we are right in the middle of this new series that we've been calling Christianese, right? Christianese, a communicable language within the Christian subculture. In other words, Christianese are words that we commonly use at church that if you were to ask another Christian, like, hey, what does this word mean? A lot of times we hesitate to give you an answer or we give you an answer with the same word. And so uh, we looked at week one, we talked about devos, what are devos. You hear the word devos often used at church, and so we wanted to explain specifically what is a devo. Last week we talked about fellowship. Fellowship is just a fancy word of people coming together under the common goal. Our common goal is our relationship in Christ. And so uh, we've been trying to focus on words that are commonly used but not easily defined because we use them so much. Uh, tonight's word, I think, is one of those words that we were actually singing and as we were singing it, I'm like, I wonder if I were to ask somebody, what does that mean? Could they give me an accurate definition? And so the word we're going to focus on tonight is holy or holiness, okay? We were singing Jesus holy, right? Holy is Jesus, holy. I'm like, do they know what that means? Because in church, usually it, you only say holy when I'm looking at your jeans and like, these are my church jeans because they're all full of holes, right? That's how we make jokes about it. And we say God is holy, right? We are his holy people. We, we use that term, holy cow. Like we just say things, holy. But can you actually tell me what holy means? Can you give me a definition for the word holy? If an unbelieving friend were to come up to you and say, hey, what exactly is holiness? What exactly does holy mean? And so just a real quick definition. Holiness is to be set apart or dedicated to God to belong to God. But really, holiness is much more than that. And, and I, I got a little video that I want them to get ready to play. It's a long video. It's about five and a half minutes or so 
almost six minutes long. Uh, but uh, this is off of a, a YouTube channel that I watch regularly that I've gotten the leaders on and I try to push on you guys because I really like how they break things down. And I thought, you know what, before we go into how to be holy, let's look at what that definition means in terms of God. And so uh, indulge me for a minute. We're just going to check out this video and take notes because I think they do a fantastic job of describing holiness. So check this out real quick. Hey, if you like that, you can look them up on YouTube. It's called The Bible Project. They give a great rundown on biblical themes. They'll walk you through what every book in the Bible is, the history behind it, how to understand it, what the author meant. It's a great resource if you're trying to get into your Bible and you find it a little difficult. And honestly, I do it before I read, uh, I'm reading a new book in the Bible. I like to look up different resources like that just to get different perspectives. And, and I think they do a wonderful job. So it's called The Bible Project if you want to find some more information on that. But I think uh, this, this idea of holiness, that they did a great job of kind of encompassing God's role in it and then our role in it. And it kind of lines up for the scripture that we're going to look at, which is in 1 Peter. If you have your Bibles, we're going to look at 1 Peter chapter 1, and we're going to look at three verses, 13 through 16. 1 Peter chapter 1, 13 through 16. Listen to what the word of the Lord says. <clears throat> so prepare your minds for action and exercise self-control. Put all your hope in the gracious salvation that will come to you when Jesus Christ is revealed to the world. So you must live as God's obedient children. Don't skip back into your old way of living and satisfy the desires of your flesh. Uh, you didn't know any better then, but now you must be holy in everything you do, just as God who chose you is holy. For the scriptures say, you must be holy because I am holy. Let me just kind of go back into that definition of holy, this idea of being set apart and why this is difficult where you're at in this time frame. Everything in your culture and everything in your natural being wants to fit in, wants to belong, wants to assimilate to the culture and the environment that you're in. Everything in you wants to be a part of it. This idea of holiness is saying, no, I want to set you apart from all of that. Everything you see in the world, God is saying, I want you to be different. If all your friends are going that way, God's saying, I want you to go this way. This is hard for us to understand because those who don't follow God often seem like they outnumber us, and we want to be part of the crowd. We want to be part of the group. Now, we may not always think that, but in our behavior, that's what we do. We want to belong. Everybody at school curses, so I want to curse. Why? Because that's how we talk, and I want to talk like everybody else talks. Right? Everybody at school is making inappropriate jokes. I want to make inappropriate jokes because when that guy or that girl makes that joke, everybody laughs. People like them. I want to be that way. Everybody at school is dating, and so I want to date because everybody else hooked up. And if I don't hook up right now when I'm 12 years old, I'll never find anybody, right? So we get into this idea of wanting to fit the mold and wanting to be like everybody else. And yet holiness means, no, no, I want you to be different. And we sometimes wrongly think of that as being bad. But I want you to understand, that's not bad. That's special. And here's what I mean by special. Think about some of your favorite things, right? You already set things apart. Think about it like this. Remember back when you were a kid, you probably had a bunch of toys, but there was always, at some point or another, a favorite toy. How many remember a favorite toy, right? You had a favorite toy. This was the toy that was set apart. 
All the other toys can be thrown around, thrown on the ground, scratched up. But this toy, I remember for myself, I had a bunch of, you know, those matchbox race cars. And I just throw them across the floor and they'd flip. I would do that with all of them except for this blue uh, blue matchbox one with a thunderbolt on the front. That was my clean car. That was my, like, expensive one. That one looked good. That one I slowly rode in it. When you have a favorite toy, you set it apart from all the other toys, right? So when you have a family party and your little annoying cousin comes over and he's like, your mom said I could play in your room, right? Everybody had that before? And you're like, oh, man, I can't stand that kid. What do you do? All right. And you go in your room before they get in there and you take the special toy and you're like, you can play with everything else. Right? You can touch everything else, but I don't want you to mess with this. Why? Because it's special. And because it is special, you set it apart. You move it away from everything else. You give it special attention. You don't treat it like you treat everything else. So what God is saying is, listen, you are special to me. And so I want you to be set apart. I want you to be different. I don't want you to look like everything else. And so I want to talk to you about what it means to be holy, to be set apart. And if you're taking notes, the first thing is this. We need to be holy because Jesus makes it possible. We need to be holy because Jesus makes it possible to be holy. This idea of being special is not because there's anything inherently special about you. It's because God declared you are special. There's nothing uniquely special about you and, and what you do and how you act and who you are that makes God go, oh, wait a minute. Out of everybody, I'm noticing this kid. <laughs> no, we're all sinful. We're all messed up. The Bible says that we all fall short of the glory of God. And yet, God loved us so much that those who were called according to his purpose, those who accepted Jesus Christ as his Lord and Savior, have been given the honor of being considered children of God. And now that you are a child of God, that is what makes you special. Not your talents, not your giftings, not, you know, whatever you think is cool, the fact that you can rub your belly and pat your head at the same time, that is not special to God. How good your grades are, how athletic you are, that is not anything that makes God, oh, wow, look at this one, super holy. <laughs> you are holy because Jesus Christ made it possible for you to be holy. Remember, if you look at that video, we were all impure. What changed when Jesus, through his sacrifice, was able to transfer his purity onto you? That's what makes you pure. Not your own abilities, not your own standard, but the fact that Christ did it. So listen, Hebrews chapter 10, verse 8 through 10 says it like this. First, Christ said, you don't want animal sacrifices or sin offerings or burnt offerings or other offerings for sin nor were you pleased with them, though they were required by the law of Moses. Let me pause right there. In the Old Testament, when he talks about Moses and Isaiah and all these people of the Old Testament, remember he talked about being pure. Because we were impure, we had to be made pure. In the Old Testament, the way they were made pure was through animal sacrifices. The Bible says that it, the punishment for death is blood, right? Blood had to be spilled. And so they would sacrifice these animals in order to atone or be made pure in God's eyes, in order so that they could be called holy. If you notice that priest that dropped dead, that's in the Bible. 
Once a year, the priest would go into the Holy of Holies where the presence of God resided. The priest would go in there, and he would go in there with a rope tied to his ankle. And the reason there was a rope tied to his ankle was because if he wasn't ceremonially clean, if he wasn't pure, if he didn't do the things he was supposed to do, when he walked into the presence of God, he would drop dead, and they would have to drag him out by the rope because anybody else that walked in there would drop dead too. That's how powerful God's holiness is. And so they would sacrifice these animals in order to atone from that. And what Jesus was saying, listen, that was never enough. Although it was required by the law, it was never enough. Then he said, look, I have come to do your will. He cancels the first covenant or the first rule in order to put the second into effect. For God's will, what he always desired, was for us to be made holy, how? By the sacrifice of the body of Jesus Christ once for all time. And so we don't have to, you know, it'd be weird, right, if at Excel, you're like, all right, guys, it's the first Thursday of the month, time to bring the bull in. And somebody dragged a live bull and, and we just burnt it on the altar. That would be an awkward, cultish, really weird. If you ever walk into a church and they're doing that, run. That is not the church, Okay. Right? How many know that would be weird? But here's what Jesus said. I, the Lamb of God, the one without blemish, right? One of the rules they had when they would sacrifice the animal was that it couldn't have any blemish, meaning you couldn't sacrifice a cow with three eyes. It had to be perfect, okay? Couldn't have any scars, anything like that. Jesus, the perfect Lamb of God, and the reason he's described as the Lamb of God is because he was the sacrifice one time for all who believed in him. Because of that one sacrifice... All who confess in the name of Jesus Christ now have the opportunity to be made holy. In other words, set apart and in right standing with God. So when God is saying be holy, don't think of it as like, oh, man, I got to do this, I got to do that. No, no, no. Understand the privilege and the honor that it is to be considered holy in God's eyes. To be considered special in God's eyes. I want to maintain what makes me special. I want to maintain a life that's worthy of the life that was given for me. I want to make sure that when I walk, I walk with the integrity of the holiness that God has placed on my life. And that means being different from everybody else. So everybody else can cheat on their spouse, but I'm called to be different. Everybody else can, can do the things that they do, but I'm called to be different. Why? Because Jesus made it possible. So people will tell you, oh, man, you, how come you got to follow all those rules? I don't got to follow rules anymore. Jesus Christ made it so that we don't live by the rules anymore. We live by his grace and his mercy. The rules was the first thing that we talked about in that verse. Jesus made it possible for the second thing. What? His sacrifice so that you could be made holy. So don't look at holiness as, you know, a set of moral things like, okay, to be holy, I can't smoke. No, no. To be holy, you don't have to do that. Okay. Oh, to be holy, I can't drink. No, no, no. To be holy, you don't have to do that. See, we look at it as a bad thing. I look at it as a good thing. People used to laugh. Oh, you don't, you don't do this. You don't do that. Uh-huh. And you do what everybody else does. It's so funny. The world makes you think that they're so unique when they all look exactly the same. Right? They're like, oh, how come you can't just be yourself? You're not even being yourself, dude. You're being like everybody else in the room. Right? You're copying the format and the style and the speech of everybody else. If anything... Being holy at least makes you unique enough to be different. And guess what? When you're different, people notice. 
And I don't know if you understood this, but the things that are special and unique and rare are the things that are the most valuable in the world. I'll give you a hint real quick. I was watching, I just watch a lot of weird things sometimes. And they were showing um, melons, cantaloupes in Japan that were selling for $5,000. Cantaloupes are huge business in Japan. But here's the deal. It's not cantaloupes like we grow them here in these big giant things. These are cantaloupes that are grown by hand, one at a time. They're massaged daily. They have just the exact amount of water. They're leveled off. I mean, they're, they're just like perfectly made. There's no blemishes on them. They're super sweet. It's insane. And they're rated. And the highest rated melons can go for upwards of five grand. And they're put in these giant wooden boxes and given as gifts. And I'm thinking, who in the world would pay five grand for some cantaloupe that I can get at Tony's for 99 cents? And the truth is, I can't get that cantaloupe at Tony's. At Tony's, I get what everybody else gets. Listen, some of you, you struggle with your own value. And that's just because you've been trying to be like everybody else. So your value is lower to 99 cents. When God says, I want to put you precious and separated and different without blemish or spot. And your value goes through the roof. Does that make sense? That's what it means to be holy. Now, that's good for us to desire, but what does that process look like? Well, if you're taking notes, number two, being holy is the result of obedient children. Be holy as obedient children. Now, this might sound weird, but again, let me just go back to the verse that we read earlier. Right? He says, put all your hope in gracious salvation that will come to you when Jesus Christ is revealed to the world. So you must live as God's obedient children. Well, what does that mean? Children don't question. Children are just supposed to do. Now, by nature, they're rebellious. Right? But God is saying, listen, you need to put your trust and your faith in me. And when I tell you to do something, when I tell you to live a certain way, when I ask you to be the way I've asked you to be, you got to be willing to go with it. Listen, 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 8 through 9. And he is the stone that makes people stumble, the rock that makes them fall. They stumble, why? Because they do not obey God's word. So they meet the fate that was planned for them. But you are not like that. You are a chosen people. You are royal priests, a holy nation, God's very own possession. As a result, you can show others the goodness of God, for he called you out of darkness into his wonderful light. Here's something I'm learning. I love all of you, but I'm not your dad. So there comes a point where you might do something that I don't like, or you might do something that I think is messed up, but if your parents are okay with it, I have real no right to tell them differently. I can't go up to your mom and dad and go, you know what, you're really messing this kid up. <laughs> okay? That's not my role. There are times where I'm like, I can't believe that mom's letting her do this. I can't believe that dad's letting him go there. And I, and I have these conflicting issues. But you don't belong to me. Now, Josie, Josie's mine. Josie's going to have some rules in this house, and Josie is going to follow some standards that Poppy is going to be setting for her. And here's the deal. I can't tell y'all anything. Josie, I can say whatever. I, yes, Josie, I don't care what they do. But Poppy, yeah, I don't care what they let them do. But Poppy, my friend gets to, your friend ain't mine. I don't care what your friend does. Okay, now we get that because some of y'all have heard that from your mom or dad, right? When I was growing up, Pop, can, can I go sleep at my friend's house? You got your own bed. 
It's just across the street, Bobby. I paid for a bed. You got your own. Sleep in your bed. We'll see him in the morning. Right? We, we understood that. Now, here's God's thinking. You're my kid. But, but, but how come the, the world gets to go? I don't care what the world gets to go do. You belong to me. Well, well how come they don't follow you and, and they got all this money and they keep getting all these relationships and they get all this stuff and they seem comfortable? God, that's not fair. God's like, I don't live in fair. I live in just. And you are just mine. So come over here and stop complaining about everybody else. See, we got to be careful because you forget when you say yes to Jesus, you become a child of God. And as children of God, it just becomes a lot easier if you obey. How many of y'all, you got that brother or sister who just, man, they always fight. They, and you know, listen, if you just shut up and do it, they'll stop arguing with you. Right? I think there's always one sibling who just is just, they'll never get it. They just got to talk back. They just got to yell. And if you're like, no, that's not true, then you're that one. And you need to work on that. And, and if you're the smart sibling, you know, bro, why are you arguing with them? If you just shut up and do what they said, then it, it, it's easy. Like, they, let them have the last word. Who cares? Right? And it's the same thing. You are not going to win an argument with God. You are not going to, but God, it's not fair. Because like, <laughs> I've heard that a long time, dude. I don't care. Because <laughs> you don't want fair from God. You don't want fair. Fair means you get what you deserve. We don't get what we deserve. We get what God gives to his children, and that's a good thing. Because if we got what our sins deserve, you'd be begging for what God was already giving you. So we got to understand, when it comes to being holy, we got to be obedient as children, not as rebellious as them. Yes, Father. Why? Because as children of God, we understand that Father knows best. We understand that our Father in heaven is never going to try to harm us or push us into a position that's going to hurt us. We understand that our Father in heaven sees the end from the beginning, and he knows the full scale of everything. And he's able to tell you what you don't fully understand. Listen, I get it, because when I was a kid, I thought I knew it all. And as I've gotten older, I realized, wow, thank God that my mom and dad didn't let me sleep over my friend's house. Because I started to see the statistics of kids that were being molested and hurt in other people's homes. And I'm thinking, when Josie grows up, she got her own bed too. She ain't going to nobody else's house. I didn't get it as a kid because I was a kid. And a kid doesn't fully understand, and neither do you, and neither do I. But as children of God, we obey him regardless. Why? Because ultimately, you just got to trust the Father. When he tells you, hey, I want you to live a life that's pure and holy. When he tells you, I know that everybody's going right, but I want you to live left. When he tells you, in your heart, and he speaks to you, and the word is teaching you. You got to be willing to follow it, not because you have to, but because you get to as a child of God. Now, here's the deal. We get saved, right? And we start doing this. And as we start growing our relationship with God, if we're not careful, every now and then, especially when things get difficult, we're tempted to look back. And if we're not careful, we're tempted to look back and fondly remember things. Okay, if you have your Bibles, or I'll get to that in a second, but if you're taking notes, number three, be holy. Why? Because we need to be moving forward instead of backwards. That scripture talked about don't go backwards. Now, here's the deal. Uh, if you look in your Bibles, in Exodus, and, and later on in some of the books that followed, when they talked about the Israelites, the Israelites were slaves in Egypt, okay, building the pyramids. They were not guests. They were slaves in Egypt, beaten, whipped, all the things you can imagine. 
God sets them free from Egypt, the thing they always wanted. Big miracle. They're wandering the desert. And the Bible tells us they start to complain. And in their complaint, this is what they start to do. They start to remember Egypt. And they go, man, we've been eating this manna stuff. Literally, God is raining bread from heaven every day to feed them. And they're going, man, all we got is bread. Remember back in Egypt when we used to have meat? They remembered the meat of Egypt, but they forgot the slavery of Egypt. Sometimes if we're not careful, we can get bored in our Christianity. Man, I never get to do nothing fun now that I'm a Christian. Man, you remember the parties we used to go to? Remember how much fun that was? Yeah, you remember the party, you forgot the hangover. You remember the high, you forgot the police. <laughs> you, you remember the, the, the joy in the moment, you forgot the disappointment in your parents' eyes the next day. See, we remember the good things. We glamorize them. We glorify them. Like, Man, it was so funny. Da, da, da. But we forget the slavery. Ephesians chapter 4, verse 22 through 32. This is a long chapter, but listen. It says this. You were taught with regard to your former way of life, how you used to be, to put off your old self, which is being corrupted by its deceitful desires, to be made new in the attitude of your minds, and to put on the new self created to be like God in true righteousness and holiness. Therefore, so he's saying, listen, don't forget, we took away your old self so that you can become this new self. And so because of that, he goes, therefore, each of you must put off falsehood and speak truthfully to your neighbor, for we are all members of one body. If you're angered, do not sin. Do not let the sun go down while you're still angry. Do not give the devil a foothold. Anyone who has been stealing must steal no longer, but must work, doing something useful with their hands, that they may have something to share with those in need. Do not let any unwholesome talk come out of your mouths, but only what is helpful for building others up according to their needs, that it may benefit those who listen. And do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God, with whom you were sealed for at the day of redemption. Get rid of all bitterness, Rage and anger, brawling and slander, along with every form of malice. Be kind and compassionate to one another, forgiving each other just as Christ forgave you. That's a long a number of verses all to say this. Who you used to be, don't go back to that. And okay, you used to swear, stop swearing. Okay, you, you used to sit around and make fun of people, stop doing that. You used to tell these little nasty jokes Stop telling those jokes. Why? Because that's not you anymore. Don't go back to that. You used to flirt with everybody in the classroom. Stop doing that. Boy, I'm not even doing it. Stop doing it. That's not you anymore. You're different. You used to dress like a da-da-da. Stop doing that. Okay, there's a sale at Ross. Get longer pants. Gentlemen, put sleeves on, right? You don't, you don't have to do that anymore. But now you're getting legalistic. No, I'm getting spiritual. Because you got to understand, you can't keep being identified with who you used to be. You have to become who you are now. I was reading an article on the Witness Protection Program. The Witness Protection Program has a 100% accuracy rate. They have never lost anybody in Witness Protection. And then they had a little caveat when they said that, though. We have never lost anybody in Witness Protection who followed the guidelines. In other words, there have been some people who were killed in witness protection because they didn't follow the guidelines. Because they weren't supposed to, like, there was one case where uh, the guy wasn't supposed to call up any of his old family. 
and then ended up doing that, and then his phone was tapped by the people that were looking for him, and he got found out, and he got killed. All right? It's 100% perfect if you follow the guidelines. You don't have to go back. You don't have to be who you used to be. Why? Because God made you holy. He set you apart. Now you're different. And so we got to make sure that we understand this process, this idea of being different means that we got to continue to move forward. Being holy means that we continue to move forward, not looking back, not desiring who we used to be, not trying to go back to where we were, but to continue to move forward. If you used to steal, don't steal no more. If you used to be a gossip, stop gossiping. If you used to be a a know-it-all, stop being a know-it-all. In other words, you need to adapt. And notice in this verse, it kept talking about only what's beneficial to others. Right? This idea of being holy has a lot to do with our interaction with other people and how we benefit other people. Listen, some of you, you got to understand, you're growing up. There's a generation that's coming up behind you who's watching you, who's watching how you act, watching how you dress, watching how you live, watching how you treat people, watching how you care about people. You may not always say it, but you, who you are speaks volumes. Some of you one day, you're going to be leaders to some of these kids. Some of you one day are going to be leaders to my kid. But not if you're not willing to embrace holiness. Not if I'm still around. <laughs> because holiness is the key, not what you say, but who you are and how you carry yourself. Does that make sense? Worship team, if you can help me out. There's one more point I want to bring up when it comes to holiness. It says to be holy because God is holy. This idea, be holy because God is holy, or the whole aspect of being holy. In Leviticus, it says it in six different occasions. Be holy, be holy, be holy. But I found this one interesting. Be holy because God is holy. Well, let's think about it like this. God's holiness means that he's separate from everything else, right? Because we talked about how holiness is being set apart. So because of God's holiness, he is separated from everything else. (coughs) What does that go on to mean? Well, if we are in a relationship with God, we need to be where God is. And if God is separated, for example, Judd, come up here real quick. Let's just say for this example, Judd's God. He's here. And everyone else is in their seats where you guys are at right now. Separated, right? There's a separation. Now, why don't you stand right there in the middle? Why don't you grab my hand and grab John's hand at the same time? We are connected because of our relationship with Jesus. So Jesus brings that connection back together. And this is holy, right? So the three of us, we holy. We out here, we're like, dude, this is awesome. Jesus, God, same person, it's great. Here's the problem, though. Be holy because God is holy. If they're holy, but I'm not, there's no longer a connection to God. Because I've separated myself from what is holy to be with what is not holy. This is how you end up walking away from the Lord. This is how you end up blinking and realizing you don't have a relationship with God anymore. Because you made a decision, I want to live and be with things that are unholy 
rather than in a relationship with that which is holy. Thank you, guys. Does that make sense? If God is separated, if God is holy, I want to be where God is. I want to be in relationship with God. I want to be in connection with God. I want to be where the Lord is. 2 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 16 through 18 says, And what union can there be between God's temple, remember he said that we are his temple, and idols? For we are the temple of the living God. As God said, I will live in them and walk among them. I will be their God and they will be my people. Therefore... Come out from among unbelievers, right? Come out from among them. Stop being with them. Stop being like them. Stop looking like them, acting like them, talking like them. Come out from among unbelievers and separate yourselves from them, says the Lord. Don't touch their filthy things, and I will welcome you, and I will be your father, and you will be my sons and daughters, says the Lord Almighty. You can't be with them and him at the same time. You just can't. You can't have both. Either you are separating yourself from the rest of the world and connecting to the Lord, or you're separating yourself from the Lord and connecting with the rest of the world. This is why you will see somebody who will love the Lord, raise their hands, do all these things, be amazingly in the relationship with God, suddenly... Get in a relationship with an unbeliever, whether it's romantic or even friendship. And suddenly, their worship went from up there to back here. Their attendance went from every week to every other week. They stopped coming to small groups. They come once a month. They come on Christmas and Easter. They stop showing up. They block you on social media. And you're sitting there thinking it's because of the boyfriend or the girlfriend. No, it's because they chose the things that weren't holy. And ignore the things that were. See, holiness says, I can't be in any kind of relationship with you if you're not in a relationship with him. He's my priority. He's what I want more than anything. He's all I need, as we sing. So if you're not in for that, I'm not in with you. Now, listen, again, I'm not saying you got to ignore and block the rest of the world. The Bible says that we are in the world but not of the world. Okay, so let me explain it to you like this. A boat on water, Perfect. Water in a boat, bad. Right? Boat on water, we're in the world but not of the world. Water in a boat, bad. To be holy, listen, we got to be in this world. But Jesus is in my boat, not water. I'm on water. <laughs> okay? You got to get to that point where you have been willing. And I love how the scripture says, you have to separate yourself. Because we got to just remove them from my life. God's like... No. Right? What's that one meme? No. God straight bugs bunning you. Lord, if it's your will, take it from my life. No. You do it. Stop putting it on the Lord. Stop acting like, well, God didn't remove them, so I guess God wants me to be with them. You know he doesn't. You have to separate yourself. And again, it's not just romantic. There are some poisonous relationships that you are being with. There's some people that you aspire to be like. They might be celebrities. They might be people you never meet. But you would rather be like Riri than Jesus. And you got to say, listen, I, I, whatever, you might like Beyonce's music, and I'm not saying anything bad about her, but if she's your idol, then he's not your Lord. If you would rather... 
do all these things for chance, but not God, you haven't separated yourself. You have to decide, am I going to be willing to separate myself from the rest of this world in order to be in a relationship with God? Stand with me. I got one more story for you, and then we're going to take some time tonight. See, ever since my gender reveal, I've been thinking about Josie a lot, my daughter. And I already love her more than I could ever imagined I would. I think about random scenarios with her already. I think about her watching me comb my hair. I think about her face lighting up when I walk in the room and watch her little feet pitter-patter and, and get all giddy. I, feel, I think about picking her up and having her little hands squeeze my neck and they can't fully get around my head. But she tries anyways, and I'm just like, ah. And I understand that kids are messy. <laughs> that she's going to blow up her diapers. <laughs> that she's going to throw up on herself and probably us. She's going to touch everything and have it all over her hands and little black feet. But there's going to be a moment, probably right before I got like a real important meeting, where I'm dressed really nice, looking real fresh, where she's going to run up to me with her hands and face full of spaghetti sauce. And she's going to do one of those, right? She's going to just put her hands like, pick me up, pick me up, pick me up. And as much as I love her, in that moment, I can't pick her up. Because what's on her is going to get on me. Now listen, that doesn't mean I don't love my daughter. What it means is I got to go wash her hands and her face so that I can pick her up, squeeze her, give her a big fat kiss, tell her I love her, and keep moving. Listen, God's call for holiness is not rejecting you. It's the opposite. It's embracing you more than you've ever been embraced. But you can't live holy and be like everyone else at the same time. Some of us tonight... We got to ask God to wash our face and clean our hands. We got to say, God, I, I'll be honest, I haven't been living a pure life. I haven't been doing the things you've asked me to do. I haven't separated myself. Most of the people at school, and listen, you're going to be going back to school if you haven't already. And most of those people at school would be shocked to even find out you're a Christian. But tonight we have a, a moment to say, God, would you purify my hands, my heart? Would you embrace me like never before? So with every head bow, every eye closed, in a moment I want to pray for those of you in this room who need to rededicate and, and cleanse that again. But before I do it, just in case, if there's anyone here who you've never embraced Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, listen, you can't be holy if you're not his. So if you're in this place and you're saying, Pastor, I've never made a decision to accept Jesus Christ as my Savior, but as you've been speaking, there's been something that keeps hitting at my heart. I need you to know, ma'am, sir, that is the Lord who is tugging at you, saying, listen, everything that happened tonight was because I want to have a relationship with you. I don't mean joining a church or being a part of anything specific. I'm talking about having a real relationship with Jesus. So with every head bow, every eye closed, if there's anyone here who would say, Pastor, that's me. I've never made that decision, but I know now. I understand now. I need it. I want to be able to embrace the Lord the way you described it. I don't want anything stopping me from drawing closer to God. 
I want to be considered his child. If there's anyone here who says, Pastor, that's me, would you just lift up your hand? I'm going to pray for you in just a moment. Thank you, bro. Anyone else says, that's me? No one else is looking around. It's between you and God. Anyone else who wants to accept Jesus Christ as their Savior, just lift up your hand. I'll pray for you. Awesome. Gio, why don't you help me out real quick? Can you just take them over to the side and, and walk them through that prayer and explain what that is? Hey, my friend, Gio's going to take you back there. He's going to walk you through this. Now I want to talk to everybody else. <laughs> I'm going to open up this altar. And there's nothing special about this place. This is just a, a moment of obedience to say, God, I, I admit, like Isaiah said, I'm a man of impure lips, but I want you to purify me. I want you to make me clean. I want you to make me whole. Tonight I decide to separate myself from everything else and be yours and yours alone. So I'm going to ask you, if that's you, if God's been tugging at your heart, can we take a few minutes to come before the Lord, to confess, and to ask to draw closer to him. So if that's you, as the worship team begins to just sing, can you just begin to come up? And we're just going to take the next five or ten minutes, and we're just going to go after the Lord. We're just going to pursue his presence. If that's you, just get out of your seat. Make your way up here. We're going to do this together. It doesn't matter how old you are, young you are. You might be a leader. You might be a student. It might be your first day. We're just going to come after the Lord. We're just going to believe God. Heavenly Father, I pray over every person in this room right now, God, specifically those who have responded to your word, whether they're at this altar or even still at their seats, God, I pray right now, would you begin to purify them in your name, Jesus? Lord, would you begin to wash our hands clean, God? Would you begin to remind us that we are your holy people, chosen by you, God? Not because we deserved it, not because we in and ourselves are special, but because you see us as so, God. Because you value us that much, Lord. And Father, I pray, would you give us the strength and the courage to separate ourselves from everybody else. The willingness to stand out. The willingness to be different. The willingness to live a life that is holy and pure before your eyes. God, help us. Help us to stand out. Help us to be noticeable. Help us to be unlike anything else on this earth. That people may experience your presence in our hearts. That people will experience your presence in our lives, God. Father God, that we would glorify your name, not just in our words on a Thursday night, but in our actions on a Tuesday morning as we walk the hallways of our schools, Lord. Let your glory reign in our lives because we've chosen to live a life that is holy, God. Father, help us that it wouldn't feel like an obligation, that it wouldn't feel like a set of rules. Lord, help us to live the life that is honorable and worthy of your name, God. We thank you, Jesus, because you've made it possible for us to be sinless and blameless before you. And we just simply ask, God, help us to maintain a life of holiness. Help us to continue to walk worthy of your name. We pray this all. In Jesus' holy name. And everyone said, amen. Listen, I just want to encourage you, especially with school starting, make sure you're here tomorrow with small groups. Get plugged in because as we are set apart from the world, we're brought together as a family. 
And so it helps to not feel lonely. It helps to not feel like you're the only one when you come and you build these relationships with other people your age in your same situation. So we want to encourage you. We got small groups tomorrow. Be here. We're excited about what God's going to do. Every small group's got its own room. And so we just want to encourage you by that. And the other thing is uh, we got some cupcakes. And so we want to make sure that you guys all enjoy them. If you need to talk to a leader, if you want to linger, go ahead and do so. But if not, there's some cupcakes in the hallway. God bless you. And we will see you tomorrow.